Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. When you have health insurance, it's easy to forget about your out-of-pocket costs. That can be a lot of money. But are your bills accurate? It's estimated over 50% of medical bills contain errors. HealthLock can help. HealthLock technology securely connects with your insurance and flags any overbilling, wrong codes, and fraud. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from select past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save over $130 million. To save, visit HealthLock.com today. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Good morning, peeps, and welcome to Woke AF Daily with me, your girl, Danielle Moody, recording from the bunker. Folks, I want to start off today with being a bit vulnerable with all of you. You know, I'm a person that has spent their career working in democratic politics and democratic policy, advancing the equity of marginalized communities, particularly the LGBTQ community, particularly the black community, but by virtue of that, all other intersectional spaces. And when I criticize this administration, when I criticize the Democratic Party, what seems to be getting lost with the trolls on social media who lack the ability to understand nuance and lack the ability to understand the grief that people feel in this moment is that it comes from a place of deep sadness. My anger and rage, as I've come to understand it, isn't just anger and rage. Rage comes from a place of deep emotion. And I went to Washington, D.C., worked on Capitol Hill, worked in the classroom, did policy work, advocated for same-sex marriage, and did all of these things because I believed in the possibility of this country. What does it mean to believe in possibility? It believes that we don't just throw people away. We don't just throw whole fucking communities away. We don't just toss up our hands and say, what do you want me to do when we're in power? It means that you utilize every tool in your fucking toolbox. It means that you work for the betterment and that when you see things that are so tragically wrong, that you call them out, not just as a call out to wag fingers, but as a call out to open up people's eyes to recognize the power that they have to make this country better. But without eyes being opened, without people being able to turn their rage right into the possibility, into working towards progress and not just being ostriches 
and burying our heads in the sand or laying down on a couch and saying that we're too exhausted to move, which is okay. It is okay to break down because the moment is calling for the heightened emotions that we are all experiencing that we can't name. But the very idea that to be critiquing this administration and calling out their apathy and their inaction is somehow me advocating for people not to show up at the polls is somehow me advocating that I don't believe in this country just goes to show me how little people fucking know in general. Right. But what is disheartening is how much you can work and dedicate and advocate and how in small moments, people cease to silence you. And what this is what I know to be true about me is in the coming week or so, I'm taking a break from Twitter in particular, because I think that much as many guests have come on the show and said, and many people I know have experienced after they've experienced a considerable amount of backlash that results in people calling for your rape or your death or for you to be silenced, is that clearly you've hit a fucking nerve. And I'm okay with that. But what I'm not okay with is putting my own emotional health and mental health and well being up for target practice to fucking trolls. But what I realize is that the more that other people are listening to you, the more that other people are connecting with your message, the scarier the dissenters become. And so what I want to offer to folks is that we will all in our own platforms, in our own spaces, receive a lot of pushback. We'll receive a lot of pushback because that's what happens when you speak the truth. That's what happens when you challenge the status quo and you challenge norms. So I'm not just going to tell people, oh, just get out the vote and just vote more as if that is going to solve our problems. It's not. Not voting sure as fuck is not going to solve our problems. But I do say that I understand now for those that have reasoning behind not showing up at the polls, why they don't. But that to me is just casting a ballot for Republicans because their 65 and older crowd always votes. They never miss a fucking election, not from the schoolhouse to the state house and to the white house. They don't miss one. So what I will say is that I need for this administration to offer up something, even if it is to lay out in no uncertain terms where the fucking blame and rage that we are feeling should be pointed, right? Our economy is struggling. Why is that? Because of decisions that Republicans and Donald Trump made. So say that, right? Women and people with uteruses are angry because they've lost bodily autonomy and now they are in fear for their lives and the fear for the lives of their family, right? So say that and say who was able to steal two Supreme Court seats and put three Republicans on the bench that would have us in this moment. Tell the fucking truth. That's all that I am advocating for is for this administration to turn on their microphone, to turn on their bully pulpit and instead of continuing to make fucking deals with Mitch McConnell, and this rabid fucking radicalized cult to engage the people and tell them the truth. 
You cannot just tell people to vote and not tell them who to vote for. You cannot just say, oh, you must choose me because the other guy is bad. You need to say in no uncertain terms why the other guy is bad, why they are not only bad, but they are a danger to democracy, that they are a danger to your ability to put food on the table, that they are a danger to your safety. But if you are not, while you have this platform called the White House, using every opportunity to tell the American people the fucking truth about who they are dealing with and that we are set up in two camps right now. And it isn't Democrat and Republican, right? It is Patriot and it is traitor. That is what somebody had sent to me that apparently Ulysses S. Grant had said at one time. That is the world that we are living in. So tell the fucking truth. Don't tell me that I have friends from across the aisle because those motherfuckers tried to build a gallows and kill their other friends from across the aisle. That Donald Trump said, oh, they're not here to harm me at the Stop the Steal rally when he knew that he was sending people that were hyped up on racial animus and racism and misogyny and toxic masculinity armed and directing them towards the Capitol building. So tell the truth. Don't think that by doing so, oh, somehow you're impeding on an investigation that we don't even really know is happening outside of what is happening in Georgia. Thank God for A.G. Willis, who seems to be the only person working right now. So what I say when I am angry, when I am filled with rage, which is on a daily, so much so that it is exhausting, so much so that I am waking up in tears and going to bed in tears. Because if I have to hear about one more shooting of a black person, if I have to hear about one more story of a young girl who was raped and is now have to figure out where they're going to get an abortion, if I have to hear one more of these things, I'm going to lose my fucking mind. Because They're all happening and they're all happening at the same goddamn time. And this administration still thinks that we are in this 20th century rational place when we are clearly not. So coming up today is my monthly conversation that I have with our friend, Reverend Mark Thompson, host of Make It Plain to talk about as he has spent his life literally in the civil rights movement, marching on the front lines, is back and forth to Washington, D.C., what he thinks this moment is calling for and how this moment is different than what was experienced in the 50s and 60s and 70s and 80s in this country towards Black people in specifically, but towards the idea of progression more specifically. That conversation is coming up next. Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci is one of the latest shows on the TYT network and also the fastest growing news show in America. On his show, Dr. Ricci plays no games regarding policy, delivering a heavy dose of fact-based truth and penetrating analysis on all the top news stories focusing on racism, criminal and social justice, politics, police brutality, Karens, and much more. Listeners can also expect interviews with fascinating guests, political leaders, commentators, and even fiery debates with conservatives on a wide range of policy topics in the bullpen. It is an indisputable fact that you will love this show. 
Listen to Indisputable with Dr. Rashad Ricci on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you never miss a new episode. no secret that the news is horse pill hard to swallow. Thankfully, there's the Bituation Room podcast hosted by comedian and commentator Francesca Friorentini for a lighter take on the heavy stuff. Each week, the Bituation Room brings you progressive comedians, experts, and activists to break down the issues in a way that won't just leave you crying under a weighted blanket. Get the Bituation Room on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and streaming on YouTube and Twitch. Folks, I want to welcome our friend back, host of Make It Plain, our friend, Reverend Mark Thompson, um, on our monthly conversation with regard to the upcoming midterms, the current cultural climate in this nation, which is, to use the word fraught, uh, Mark would be the understatement of the year. You have been back and forth to Washington, D.C., uh, protesting uh, with regard to abortion, protesting with regard to voting rights. Um, Mark, I just want to start off with the, you know, with asking you this. Um, you have been doing this a long time. You have been on the front lines, literally marching for your entire professional career. How do you see, if you see it at all, this time? different, uh, than the decades before. Wow. Uh, well, first of all, always good to be with you and the woke AF family. It's funny. I was just talking to someone about this earlier today. Uh, in the past, we had some insurmountable victories as well. I mean, I came along at a time when we forced Ronald Reagan to sign the King Holiday Bill, where we stopped, when we stopped the nomination of Robert Bork, when we forced the Congress to pass sanctions on South Africa and then forced the Congress to override Reagan's veto. That's a power um, that we had as a movement, as an African-American movement, as a civil rights movement, as a human rights movement, as a progressive or liberal movement. I think the difference now is, is that finally America, and we all are faced with the reality that the government is practically no longer functional at all. The filibuster has nullified both houses of Congress. The politicization of the Supreme Court and its appointments, the Supreme Court has become an an absolutely partisan body. And the executive branch, I think people are learning for the first time, really without the legislative branch has very little power. There's only so much a president can do with executive orders. So if the president can't do much, if Congress has been nullified, if the Supreme Court is now becoming a hyper-partisan, right-wing, white supremacist institution, going back to the days of Plessy, if not earlier, then what can be done? 
there's nothing that can be done unless we replace everyone in office. But it's hard to do that without motivation. And I think that the onus has fallen upon Democrats to give us some motivation. They just haven't been very good at it uh, and have not shown a lot of interest in doing it. Um, I think there's a level of intellectualism there. Well, the Democratic Party, frankly, is run by consultants. And the consultant class is intellectual. And so their thinking is everybody knows and understands what they know, that if people don't get out and vote, it's going to get worse. But people like you and me, Danielle, people who listen to our shows are not like everyone else. We, we, you know, we have a keen interest in this. We follow it. Most people don't. Most people yeah. are living their lives trying to make it and they don't know. And all they see is high gas prices. And for black people, all they see is a sister in jail in Russia and nothing being done about it. So what does that look like? That looks like 1980. High gas prices, people in jail, hostages in Iran. And, and people haven't learned from that. Jimmy Carter couldn't turn that around. There might have been a way to do it. But was every avenue exhausted to prevent it? Uh, probably not. And I think that's part of the Democratic Party culture. Just kind of, you know, well, hope and, you know, you know, kind of use, I guess, the rhythm method, thinking that that's going to motivate voters <laughs> um, <laughs> rather than actually organizing more. And, you know, consultants will say to Biden, well, you don't want to look too radical and you don't want to offend independence. But I think there's a way to have both. Mm -hmm. People want to see some strength, something. Right. Something. And, you know, I've even had people who would never criticize a Democratic president, never criticize your baby, come and say, man, Mark, why don't he say something? Why don't he just, you know, and it, it, it's, it's not happening, unfortunately. And those who would think that that type of criticism is, is anti-party or discouraging people from voting, no, because I'm going to tell you something else, too. Uh, NFL just cut a deal with Ice Cube. Ice Cube is being paid to suppress voters. We aren't suppressing voters. There's an active movement to suppress voters. Us saying Biden speak up more, exhaust everything at your disposal, is not voter suppression. That's to help get the vote out. What, what's one of the things I'll say, and I think I've said this to you before and to others, even a show of strength, even if he didn't go through with it, to say that he's going to do what was done during Reconstruction and what was done during uh, what Eisenhower did in Little Rock, Arkansas, to desegregate schools, he's going to send federal troops into the South to make sure everybody has the right to vote exercise. The Cold Voting Rights Act isn't gone. There's still things that can be enforceable, right? Because we are in, in a seditious moment. We're in an insurrectionist moment. So why not do that? Just like, you know, there's been the consideration, as there should be, as to whether or not military bases can provide reproductive and abortion services to women beyond what the Supreme Court has done. I mean, I think everything has to be on the table, even for that to be discussed out loud by the White House would at least, I think, give people some reason. OK, well, you know, 
they're still fighting. We can fight too. There's still something to to fight for. We haven't all because otherwise, I think people are going to be demoralized. I mean, and and I think to that point that people are already demoralized. I think that you know what I have been advocating for and getting a tremendous amount of pushback in is this: stand up and say something. Say something other than we find out that Joe Biden is still fucking cutting deals with Mitch McConnell, right? To put in another forced birth federal judge in Kentucky. And you're hearing rumors about that happening. How? How does this president still negotiate with Mitch McConnell, who is in the minority, who has shown himself to be a bad faith actor? Yeah. When you hear when when the people who aren't paying attention all the time and so they have two clips mark. They have the clip of the Supreme Court saying women and people with uteruses you no longer have bodily autonomy. Boom, that's one clip. Then they got another clip where you hear that the president of the United States is negotiating with the man that stole two Supreme Court seats. Mitch McConnell didn't ask to negotiate with a damn person during the Obama administration. As a matter of fact, he said, I'm going to make you a one-term president and then said it again to Joe Biden. Joe Biden's response to that is negotiation and saying that Mitch McConnell is a rational Republican. So if I'm a person that is not readily paying attention every day because I'm struggling to put gas in my tank and food on my table and medicine in in my medicine uh, chest, then how is it? that this Democratic Party thinks that they are going to win, right? They keep saying, well, we're going to concentrate on kitchen table issues. And I said, well, I said this the other day on MSNBC, there is no other kitchen table issue than the strength of our democracy and then the ability to actually have said people around the kitchen table because the kitchen table is about economy. And if people are being forced out of the workplace because they're being forced to birth children that they cannot afford and do not want, how do how is that not a kitchen table issue? How is that not something that you are willing to stand up forcefully, even if it's in words only, but to your point, exhaust every avenue? Yeah. Um, no, those, those are all valid points. And again, you know, I, I think that this, the structure in the white house is may very well be, be failing, uh, Joe Biden. Here's an opportunity that I think that they're missing though. The party in power, power, the party in power always loses in the midterm. The opportunity that I think the consultant class, which is running the White House, is missing is that Democrats aren't the party in power. Mm. Even though Democrats hold the White House and both houses, we're the ones taking all the hits. The power Mm -hmm. is coming from Republicans controlling the filibuster with the help of Manchin and Sinema and from the Supreme Court. So if people are more motivated in the midterms because they're in the opposition, then you know, it, it may it may uh, cause some people to put their pride aside, but maybe Democrats need to make it clear in the messaging. You know, we even though we got the White House, we are the party still in opposition. We're the opposition party because everything is happening over and above us. What the Supreme Court mm. did that last week was devastating. They just they flurried on the public. Miranda, mm. uh, state gun laws, mm-hmm. the EPA, mm-hmm. Roe. You, mm-hmm. You're not in power. 
We are not in power. And so we should act like that rather than act as if, well, because Joe Biden's president, we're in power. We might lose some of the midterms. That's not right. Being in power is not just what's on paper, but what's real. And some of the conversations I've been having on my show really ought to go to that. Mobilizing people to understand, you know, folks, we, I know what this looks like, but it really ain't what it seems to be. And how, how do you, ex- like, but I think that that is such, that is such a, a valid point, Mark. And one that I, I will say that I have not been thinking about because they may have, quote unquote, Democrats may have control of these chambers, but they actually do not have the power. But if by perception, we have always been told, right, we've always been told that you need to vote because the president is the the leader of the free world, that the president is the one that can do this, that, and the other thing. And then we're remembering what Donald Trump was able to do, right? right? Um, and we say, well, wait a minute, why did he have such outsized power in that same position? And yet we have a democratic president now that's saying, oh, I don't have any power. I don't remember Donald Trump ever saying that. I don't remember when Mitch McConnell now being in the minority has said that. So how do we message that to people to understand the difference between power and control? That's what I'm hearing you say. Well, I I think we just have to speak directly as to what the facts are, that we suffered a tremendous setback when Donald Trump was elected president. Mm -hmm. And now we actually have, one, a Senate with a rule, a Senate that supported him fully uh, implementing a rule that prevents the Democrats from governing or really preventing Congress from functioning. And a Supreme Court appointed by someone who choked out one of his Secret Service agents, encouraged people with arms to storm the Capitol. That's the mentality. And I think people need to, I think the January 6th committee is doing a good job. Mm -hmm. Uh, They brought in the right consultants. All right. Uh, to, <laughs> yes, they did. Yes, in terms they did. of how to do it. And they didn't try to do it all in one week. This is going to be spread out, you know. And you kind of need that because it takes people a minute to take it all in. I, it's probably going to take another week or so or more. That's why they pushed the other one to next week to pe- for people to recover from Cassidy Hutchinson's uh, <laughs> testimony. You know, Danielle, in the movies, when somebody's driving, you grab the steering wheel, they normally cause the car to wreck. They should just let the car wreck grab him to a tree or something. Or they should have let him go on up there. They're trying to save his life. If he had gone up there with them people with them guns, there would have been a crossfire and he probably might have been shot. So they should let him go up there. No, I think that I think that in all the reason why they didn't let him go up there is because they're saving their own asses. That's why you have uh Cipollone uh getting ready to testify uh, this, that, that the testimony is happening. I think it's happening, uh, this week. And then we have the hearing next week. So we'll hear what it is that he said. And why is he testifying? Because Cassidy dropped more bombs than I think that we have seen, uh, as of yet come out of this administration. And they're like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I don't think it was so much. I know that their job is to protect the physical body of the president and protect like the White House, but they were protecting their own asses when they didn't allow that man to go up there. Because as he said, they're not here to hurt me. 
which was just, I mean, the president of the United States <laughs> saying that, let them in. They're right. not here. They didn't bring guns to kill me. Right. I'm which, like, which, which so extension what? Is an admission that they're here to kill somebody. They kill, they're, they're here, here to, to hurt me. somebody. They're just not here to harm me. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, I, no, but I just, I literally, man, I mean, the secret, I mean, once you've done your job and say you can't go up here and he overrules, just let him go. Y'all don't go. I don't, I'm not going. I got COVID. I'm out. <laughs> you going up there by yourself, Ace. Knock yourself out. Um, and so, uh, and you know, he would have, he probably would enjoy going down to Blaze of Glory, be a martyr and all that. But but the thing is, I think that there has to be more of a motivating message. I think that those who normally are mobilizing and organizing to in, in a normal election year to get voters out are a little bit stymied because they don't get it. I think they even underestimated this whole Brittany Griner thing. I mean, that's that's gaining more momentum. Yeah. What is the black electorate supposed to think? You can't do nothing. You know, you you can't do anything anywhere. And it it takes it's a loss of pride for a president to admit, you know, no, I really can't do nothing. Donald Trump messed it up so much. And the way they got these things rigged, I can't do anything. Uh, But even that, Mark, even that would be a better message than what is coming out right now. He, because once again, he would be able to, they would be able to transfer the blame on where the blame should actually be. Our economy is so fucked up because of these three things that the former president did. Our country is strife with bullets and you're fearing for your life in public spaces because of the three Supreme Court justices that the last president and the Republican Party were able to jam through. That's what I'm talking about in terms of you take these tragic moments that we are having. Jalen Walker, right, uh, being shot 60 goddamn times. But the assailant, the mass murderer being taken alive. Alive so much so we're getting a medical examination and we're wondering about who raised him, right? But Jalen Walker's family is trying to figure out how, how we can't have an open casket because his body is no longer in its, fo- in its form. So it's just like, where is the reaction that meets the moment of grief? Like he wanted to be the comforter in chief, Right. In order to comfort people, you're a reverend. Don't you have to be able to share in their pain and articulate it in a way that allows them to feel seen and heard? I, yeah, I think so. But but he's, I mean, but Joe Biden's not a reverend. Um, I mean. Truthfully, I, I think that they've got to find some ways to communicate and mobilize people. I believe that, uh, you know, they've also painted themselves into a corner by marginalizing marginalizing the vice president. So, you know, it's almost a day late and a dollar short to to trot her out now if that's what they're going to do. And they they better figure something out. And there are those even in Congress who are having the same conversation we're having. There, there is a, 
a messaging problem. Uh, and I think the advice the White House is getting is to in, engage as softly and as little as possible. Um, but that may not be the way to go. And I don't know that it's the January 6th hearings alone are what is going to mobilize people to the polls, that that's going to just be able to do it. Some of these other things have, have got to happen. Now, I will say this. Uh, there is an onus that falls. So there are two demographics that decide elections these days. The black electorate led by black women. And the other demographic is suburban, college-educated white women. What are they going to do? So here's the thing. The real problem, the reason we're in this fix is because of them. Mm -hmm. They voted for Donald Trump. Uh huh. Twice. And nobody really believed, like Susan Collins. And not going to get that's what she said. And they believe <laughs> that's what believed. I heard. <laughs> yeah. You like my Susan Collins impersonation? Yep. Um. So what you gonna do now? What, this shouldn't even be a question. If we do what we do as an electorate and turn out, and suburban college get educated white women do what they need to do and turn out. This is not a problem, but it really boils down to, as to how much that latter demographic, suburban, suburban college educated white women, whether they're going to do what they're supposed to do, whether they're going to stand up for their own bodily autonomy or just give in. We will definitely find out what this country is made of. And, and the White House may just be betting on that. Their, their people might be saying, you know what? You can't do nothing anyway. Just sit down, be quiet. Let's just see what happens. I think that's a dangerous gamble. But to some extent, we're going to find out what America is is really, really made of. We did. We we saved the country and white women from Roy Moore. We tried to save the country as a black electorate, black women in particular, from Donald Trump. And so now it really boils down to what they're going to do. And, and the, that ball is in, is in white women's court. I mean, you know, if the ball is in white women's court, then I think that I should dust off my passport because <laughs> historically speaking, uh, they will always vote. And I'm particularly, I'm talking about white, cis, hetero, Christian, suburban women will vote how they have always voted which is alongside their Republican husbands and partners and their threat. Well, they didn't abortion. do that in 2020. See, they got it right in 2020. So they don't always do that. They just, I mean, they just they hated voting for their, one of their own. They increased their voting for Donald Trump. You know, I just, I don't, I will always trust black women to do what black women have done since the beginning of the beginning of time, which is show up. If we are put, placing a gamble, which we are, which we often do, because this is who both parties court is that of the empathy and the rage and urgency of white women. Well, you know, that usually lasts probably about as long as a summer vacation here in America. And right. then they move on to something else. And so without the continued 
messaging and beating of that drum of the place of urgency and the compounded crises that we are in and who is actually to blame for where we are right now. And then why it is that we need your vote, because that was the thing that Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez had said, representative, she said, we need to tell people why they are voting for us, not just to vote for us, right? Um, and what numbers we need and not just to show up in mass. And I think that those details um, are often left behind. But Mark, as always, I appreciate your time, your energy, uh, the work that you continue to do, uh, going to Washington on a regular basis, working with uh, Reverend Barber um, and others in order to lift up our voices. I can't thank you um, enough. And, and we will pick this up next month and see exactly where, where we land and where we are. Amen. Thank you, Danielle. Always a pleasure to be with you. God bless you. Appreciate you. Hey there. I want to tell you about another podcast I think you'll love. The Brown Girl's Guide to Politics, hosted by Ashanti Goler, the president of Emerge. BGG is the one-stop shop for women of color who want to hear and talk about the world of politics. Join Ashanti this season as she talks to incredible women of color who are changing the face of politics and tackling some of the most important issues facing the United States. From reproductive justice to voting rights to climate change and more. Tune in every Tuesday wherever you get your podcasts. That is it for me today, dear friends, on this Woke AF. Let me say that I wish for you all a restful weekend. Please unplug. Please disconnect. Please find some joy. Please stand in the sun. Put your feet in the grass. Take in the air. Spend time with people who fill your heart so that you are able to continue fighting, so that you're able to continue sharing, so that you're able to continue in conversation because it's needed now more than ever. As always, dear friends, power to the people and to all the people power. Get woke and stay woke as fuck. Imagine getting in a hot, stuffy car in the summer. You know how it cools off much faster when you roll down the windows first to get the hot air out? Well, that's exactly how an Easy Breathe basement ventilation system works. Removing all the musty, damp, stagnant air and replacing it with fresher, cleaner, drier air. Take charge of your air with Easy Breathe ventilation and get $250 off today. Ask about DIY kits. Visit TakeChargeOfYourAir.com or call 866-822-7328. Your credit card should match your lifestyle. At Kemba Financial Credit Union, choose a card with benefits that work for you. For a limited time, all cards have 2% cash back on purchases and 0% interest on balance transfers for a year. Apply at Kemba.org. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Zero Foxtrot isn't just a brand. It's a way of life. Founded and operated by veterans, Zero Foxtrot's unique apparel and gear echoes the grit of the warrior culture. Zero Foxtrot dedicates itself to producing content, honoring the sacrifices of forgotten heroes of the past, and connecting history to the present. Embark on a journey with Zero Foxtrot today at ZeroFoxtrot.com. It's not merely our products. It's about the ethos that we embody. Rugged, resilient, and timeless.